Some films are mediocre Some films aren't good or bad Some films won't win an Oscar Globe, BAFTA, or a SAG You like those flicks? Come get your fix In a podcast called Mixed Bag Kia ora! And welcome to your Must Remember Mixed, the podcast where we review the mixed, muddled, meh, and mediocre, and man-killing <laughs> movies. <laughs> so where I thought we were going to go was, mmm, old. <laughs> uh, of movie history, I'm Matt. I'm Cassandra. I'm Jimmy. Oh. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. How are we all doing? Good. It's been a long time since we last did a podcast. Like a brief we've, been, we've, we've had various illnesses go through us. Yeah. Uh, and busy. Been very busy, busy at the same yeah. time. So for those reasons, we've we've taken a little bit of time. I'm sure yeah. all of our many listeners have just been um, just wondering. Yeah. Yeah. But just it's nice to be back. Yeah, I know. Selfishly, did not make a statement. But you know what? Guess no. what? Sometimes you don't have to. We own yeah. that, and we needed to take the time to dream up. As Matt uh, pointed out, this new mini series. Yes. yes, so we're back doing another mini series. Mm. Um, just a just a three parter this time. Yes, one from each of us. Mm. Yeah, um, and this is themed around the fact that we realise that we very rarely do films which are older than about the nineteen nineties. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even, I, mean, I feel like we don't even do seventies yeah, no. films. We said we did one seventy. We did Tommy. Mm. Yeah. And then when we realised that we didn't do any old films, then we did a little taste um, of the sixties with Breakfast at Tiffany's, which is our Indeed. oldest film. Mm. Um, spoiler alert, we are, have not yet done a film from the 50s, mm-hmm. but maybe that's next time, because yeah. this film is not from the 50s that yeah. we're talking about today. 48. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, uh, as we continue on these episodes, we're going to go back further and further in time and see some of those mixed uh, pieces that they were creating back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Ones that we would have heard of. Yeah. At least a little bit. You yeah, know? So probably have heard of these or encountered maybe the directors or the groups performing yeah. in them. But before we Some jump of them into are that, of interest, yeah. Yeah. yeah should we should we go back to our, our little pop corner? Yeah, first? a month's Ooh. worth of pop corner. We've to got talk quite about. a few a few things to catch up on. Yeah. yeah. Let's pick out those golden kernels. Pop 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 corner. Okay. Um. So I'll jump in first. Um. Yeah. So I have been probably. One of the busiest of the group, uh, so I have had not a huge amount of time for pop culture stuff uh, in the past couple. You of made months. a movie. You made a, um, because, a production. Uh, oh. Yes, I've been busy doing production things, um, but I have managed to throw in a couple things. Um, yeah. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, the television show The Rehearsal, which yeah. James and I have watched in entirety now, which has um, just dropped on Neon. Yes. Yeah, so I haven't watched you... it yet because it hasn't dropped on Neon. Mm. Yes. So when do you guys got... watch it? Through very legal means. <laughs> so if you're a, a good law-abiding citizen, uh, this may be a, a bit of a... Uh, we've got some it's a slight plug, spoilers. It's a plug, it's a plug. There'll be yeah. some slight spoilers here, uh, but we won't fully spoil the yeah. show because it's one of those much. ones where we yeah. we have to talk about it, but we don't want to talk about it in too much depth because, yeah, it's... um. 
It's one of those ones mm. where the, the less you know, I think, sometimes the better, the better it is. Absolutely. Um, so this is a show by Nathan Fielder, who is, I think, most famous for Nathan For You. I love which Nathan For You. What a good show. Previous show, mm. which I've only yeah. seen bits of. Like, I've seen episode one and then, like, clips of it and have enjoyed yep. them. But also, I think I found episode one of Nathan For You just so cringy. Oh, that sure. I was it like, is, yeah, I don't know if I can deal with this. That, yeah. um, and I definitely was rolling in my seat for much of the rehearsal. Right. Um, just for the outrageous. Laughing, right? The, the, the audacity. <laughs> Um, it's, it's the most audacious show <laughs> I've ever seen in some extent. Like the extent of just of, of going to the absolute extreme the audacity. Um, is, is ridiculous. So that's yeah. sort of the premise, the starting premise we're given for the show, which does not necessarily continue for the whole show, um, is that Nathan is going to help people uh, go through difficult parts of their life by creating circumstances in which they can rehearse for that situation mm-hmm. yeah. um, it's using, like if, if Nathan for you was helping with like business opportunities this is personal this is helping people solve personal problems um, so yeah and this is through the most elaborate and extreme possible form of rehearsal where like realism and minutia is extremely important um, so it's about hiring actors to impersonate other people that will be involved in this like moment and getting them to exactly impersonate the person that they're going to have to portray it's about recreating an exact detail environments uh physical environments it's about like yeah sort of feeding people different information that they shouldn't have so that they have the correct knowledge to go into the different circumstances it's like there's so many it's 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 the detail and the ridiculousness of it is the thing that sort of hooks you at the start but then as it continues it's just such an like philosophically interesting show i think um and that it's kind of exploring a lot of like the ethics of reality television and mm. it's and it's making as sort of a docu docu comedy series i guess it's kind of this very genre definitional you know it's very limited by genre definitions i would say this show like it's like there's there's not really exact genre to describe yeah. what it is um but yeah the use of real people the use of child actors <laughs> um you know there's there's some real kind of really interesting ethical moral quandaries that the show really tackles face on and like will then like directly address within the show um and it's just it's just astounding like just there will be twists and moments that you're just like absolutely like i was absolutely gobsmacked watching yeah um i thought it was just fantastic <laughs> um i really really enjoyed yeah and it's trying to tap into it. that kind of like any truthfulness within the kind of artifice and the yeah. layers of artifice are so yeah. extensive it's um it's so playful and so fun and he's such like a great grounding presence throughout it he's so if you've seen nathan for you he's so enigmatic and yeah. yet kind of compelling in terms of how he wants to tap into real yeah emotions. i think some people have kind of come being like this guy is like absolutely sociopathic like he's <laughs> and i'm like i don't think that's the case i think it's the sense that this is a man who is very socially awkward yeah who is like you know definitely playing a character of himself yeah. but like is still yeah trying to in good faith tackle like how do we make this, this, the, make a perfect human experience how do we like practice and practice it and get it right mm. and I think there's something very like I don't know I feel like a lot of neurotypical like neuroatypical people have yeah. like said that they I kind of like relate to this idea of like you know they're having to rehearse social interactions like mm. people that have got social anxiety relate to the idea of rehearsing social interactions um, and yeah it's definitely um, something that yeah, I, I had more empathy with him, I think, than some people have. <laughs> I mean, he's one of a kind, yeah. really. Like, um, but I don't want to say anything more in terms of detail. I would yeah. just say it's, yeah, like, it's definitely worth watching. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The hype to is really big. And also, 
that's what I enjoyed most about Nathan for you. Like, yes, like the, the, the premises are ridiculous and like his solutions are ridiculous. But the most compelling thing to me is when they hit like really human moments, hmm. like the unfiltered kind of moments where you capture these people who aren't, you know, actors or anything. It's just hmm. like really real, sometimes cringy, but hmm. kind of genuine yeah. and yeah. Uh, moving. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's reflective of how weird and strange the world actually is, as opposed to a lot of reality TV, yeah. which shaves the edges off. And you've had lots of people saying like, "Oh, this person's probably an actor. I don't think they're real." And I'm like, I have no doubt that these are real yeah. people. Like, I, I have no like, this doesn't actually surprise me at all. But and like, and then there's lots of evidence <coughs> that these people are real because people yeah. are like, "Yeah, no, I found their Instagram. Like, mm. I found this tw- person's Twitter. Like, and this the is, their, this is what they like. Like, <laughs> be as effective if they were fake. Like, the whole yeah. point is to mash like." construction because there are also reality. a lot of actors in there and it's very clearly signposted when they are acting um and yeah they're all real like as actors pretending to be you yeah. know these other people like those are yeah actors that are said to be actors but and they're all really good as well yeah if you've seen the film synecdoche new york it's yes. like it's like a, a person actually trying to do something yeah, like it's, that yeah it's that yeah um, so that's first thing. And then the second thing I wanted to talk about was a book which James and I have both read. James read this first and then uh, was like, Cass, this is great. You should borrow it. Yeah, this was a, um, this was a Twitter recommendation when I did a call out for like, hey, what's some other like uh, crime, like murder mystery fiction? Mm. Have you um, ever heard of Death of the Nile? <laughs> what is this? Yeah, I think yeah. You, should, you should check it out. I don't know the author's name, but I reckon you can Google it. I hear they made a movie um, out of that with like oh, the really? most celebrated actors. Must ever. be independent because yeah. I've never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about people interrupting my flow <laughs> of my book I wanted to discuss with your stupid jokes. No, um, so I want to talk about the book The Seven Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. Um, or which, Seven and a Half. Yes, yeah, Seven and a Half in the American release uh, because there's apparently oh, okay. a, another book called The Seven Husbands of yeah. Evelyn Hugo. So when James talked Not to me about same. this, I was like, do you mean The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo? No, so it's, it's apparently completely unrelated, um, yeah. just two completely different authors, no connection. And yeah. so, yeah, there's or so they thought. Yeah, yeah. different. Uh, so there's the, they're not, not connected at all. Um, so this is, I have no idea what the other one's like. I'm sure it's also very good. But uh, Seven Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle is the one that I'm talking about, um, which, yeah, is a uh, murder mystery kind of, I guess, sort of, fantasy i question yeah. mark there's another text you probably shouldn't say too much about. yeah Ooh. um but you know i'll start the starting premise is we you know we we wake up and we are an amnesiac person who was running in through the forest in the middle of a chase mm-hmm. and is having to work out who the hell they are what's happening and why they have the name anna on their lips as they awake in the middle of this forest uh in this vast and oppressive uh country estate and then, um, yeah, there is, there's some fun time loopy things. There's some fun, like, you know, uh, it's very video gamey in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, it reminded me actually the most of the video game, The Sexy Brutal, mm. um, which James and I That's played. That's called um, me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you've played that game, then you probably will have a sense of what the, some of the twists of this book are. Um, and it will hopefully be a plus for you. Also, if you haven't played that game, also very good. But mm, not yeah. a recent recommendation. Um, but yeah, it's it's really fun pastiche of that sort of... Um, it's so you know, joyous, like Christie style sort of manor house murder. Yeah, it's a massive like mashup, but 
manages to execute everything it wants to do yeah, really, really well. Yeah, it's extremely ambitious. Um, yeah, like some points, there are, there are some points where the more, when you try to follow the logic of it, you're like, I don't know if this totally works, <laughs> get close to the end. Um, but I didn't mind. I was just totally along just the, ride. the ride. It's such yeah. a, yeah, such a page turner as well. It's so much fun to kind of just like read through. Um, and then, yeah, just the way that it disorients you and sort of throws what you understand totally out of whack. Um mm. It's, it's 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 really well written, well plotted, and yeah, it's a murder mystery where I did not guess the, the final solution, Perfect. which is always good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's playing with recommended. That, the limited kind of perspective that yes. you have, both like chapter by chapter, and then the overall kind of world as well. Like you get a yep. glimpse at like what this thing, what, where you are, what it might be, and you're like, what? What is that? It's that great thing with like a lot of science fiction where you only get like a sliver. This isn't. Sci- uh, sci-fi it's sort kind of, of sci-fi things. in yeah. some way it's yeah you know you don't know exactly what it is genre wise yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's um yeah it's really really fun and I, i'm keen on checking out more of the writer's work and who yeah. is this writer um it's a debut novel i can't remember the name actually <laughs> stuart something all right yeah. we'll yeah. look that up, up. <laughs> James. You, you start james and i'll just yeah. quickly look up yeah cool um so for my mixed bags uh <laughs> My not my expats. Um, Stuart Turton. Turton, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of the stuff that I've been watching is well. I guess we should. We should t- we're talking about reality TV, or should we hold that off? Until oh, I mean, you've already introduced. Look, let's them. jump let's, in. Let's, let's jump in with it. Aid. How could we not talk about um, the release of? Um, yeah, there's this new season of The Great Kiwi Bake Off, um, and there's just some really cool contestants in it. Yeah. Yeah, a nice lineup. Um, I'm Brock, rooting for nine of them. And there's, you know, Nikita, and there's Kat, and there's Monique. But yes, no, our friend... Uh, and uh, frequent guest on the podcast, yes. Lucas Neal. Yeah. Uh, a Christmas uh, a contributor. Christmas, it's a Christmas yes. miracle. Yeah. Lucas Neal's on the Great Kiwi Bake Off, everyone. Amazing. Wow. Um, he How survived cool. the first episode, at least. So, and we're all uh, proud of him. That. We're all yeah. proud of him. Um, He's yeah. not banned from the podcast now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that wonderful experience of, you know, seeing someone that you know very well and suddenly they're on the telly and yeah. delivering quips and uh, frantically baking cakes. And, uh, yeah, it's real cool. And yeah. um, super stoked for him. And serving cakes and quips. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it looks like all of the ensemble seem really friendly and lovely and it's nice to see that. <laughs> the ensemble. The ensemble. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we've got some, some just behind the scenes, like yeah, how they make the tea. it. Tea yeah. from Lucas, yeah. which has yeah. been great. And, uh, um, which play... doesn't sound hugely scandalous. <laughs> no. It doesn't sound like there's lots of scandals. It doesn't sound like there really were. No. No. <laughs> it was generally a... a lovely time. Yeah. Well, yeah. We got a glimpse um, of how the, um, yeah. <laughs> how the sausage gets the made. Sa- yeah, or exactly. the cake gets made. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we play a little fantasy league, trying to guess who's going to win. So that's good fun. As down a player, I'm down a player, and I'm on zero points <laughs> yeah. uh, to James's three and Matt's one. Yeah. after first episode, I'm feeling good about mine. I did. I won last year's uh, with Did my you? boy Trev. Yeah, no, that was the year before. It was oh. the year before. Matt won last I year. I won last Damn. year. I've never won the Great Kiwi <laughs> Sweepstakes. So yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. Lucas actually used to be part of the Fantasy League. Obviously, it will be slightly biased. Yeah, we have ruled was... out that you can never bet on or against Lucas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he'll, he'll probably join in on future ones when he doesn't know the result himself. Yeah. Um, you never but know. now he's part of the universe. Lead, we don't he's, know. He's yeah. part of the universe, so he might get inside a tea. Yeah, yeah never that's know. very true. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's a blast. And so the, the first episode of that is out, and that's on TVNZ On Demand. Um, highly recommend that yes. you go. If you have a TV, Check watch it, it on TV. 
one or two. I don't know. I don't own one. <laughs> two, probably. Two. Oh, was it one? I don't know. But oh, we just watch it on TV and on demand. Who anyway. knows? It's on the website. Yes, Look, here's please. Here's the internet. Yeah. Uh, one of the other um, popcorners that I want to mention was uh, The Sandman by Neil Gaiman is out mm. on Netflix. Um, I'm a big fan of The Sandman. Uh, I read it way, way back when I was a teen. <sighs> and then yeah. I bought The Omnibus as, uh, as a recent reward for myself. The Omnibusy. Uh, Omnibusy. <laughs> One of three. Um, and this is about... Yeah, the... Uh, the Put some stank on that. I <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> the... The, one of the endless figures called Dream, also known as Morpheus or the Sandman. I like Sand how you Man. say one of the endless figures, like that's like people that <laughs> don't know, know what the Sandman is. We oh, know no. I know who the Sandman is, yeah. and I know what Dream is. Yeah, like, Mr. Sandman. Like... <laughs> yeah, so what it is, is a, it's, um, it's a... It's a... The endless is a thing from Sandman, it's not yeah. just a word he used. Yeah, it's a comic, <laughs> uh, comic book run, a long run in comic book uh, by Neil Gaiman about a... a <laughs> Gaiman. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of... Yeah. More on that later. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, around this family called the Endless, and so they are made up of various figures, which we kind of learn as we watch the TV show. But our main kind of character is Dream, um, and so it's exploring like, what if there was a deity that could control dreams and nightmares, and who, who might they be like? And so, it's a was a ten episode. They've dropped an eleventh episode recently as well. That's sneak. Um, a little extra bonus one. Yeah. Um, and one, it's great to see that it's doing tremendously well. Um, and two, yeah, I just really, really love the world of Sandman that has been trying to be, it's, it's been tried to adapt it for the longest kind of time. It's been through development hell. There was going to be a movie, uh, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like, You know, he's always attached to these things. Like, every, every project has, that doesn't go anywhere, seems to have him attached (laughs) He yeah. had his fingers in the pie. Yeah, somewhere. I just, I, yeah, not not anymore. This is a completely. Reborn. I think that's this is how. A live it free. But, but I think that's how you can tell, like that the project is from the mid two thousands or two thousand tens, because it was attached it Joseph to Gordon Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah, it's really interesting the project he picked. He's going to be the new Jiminy Cricket in the Zemeckis film, uh, and I was oh, like, okay, oh, cool, <laughs> sure. cool. Um, but I'm really, really stoked that they went with this creative team, which has Gaiman as like a as like a contributor executive mm-hmm. producer because he's been burnt with stuff like american gods before which went totally off the rails um yeah it's just a wonderful world uh that has varying levels of stories some stories i absolutely love there's like one about like um dream forms this friend like he allows him to like never die so he just checks in with him every what is it hundred years, years to see how he's doing we meet the character of death which is dream's sister um and the uh the adaptation the the personification of death is really really exciting it's not what you would expect um and there's some really cool monsters in there as well there's this creature called the corinthian who has teeth for eyes that like devours people's eyes and is running amok in the mortal world like it's a very like expansive ambitious like it's a hugely Mm. expensive show and i really hope it gets further seasons because there is there's some doubt it's very expensive that's why yeah and so because it hasn't done well. Yeah, it's doing tremendously <laughs> well. But a lot of season one, there's this feeling of like setting up for more. Because it's Netflix, yeah? yeah? Yeah. And so stuff like, you know, um, House of the Dragon like got oh, renewed yeah. for a second season just after one episode. Whereas Netflix, because it's like hemorrhaging money and like dropping mm. things, not as bad as HBO Max, but um, yeah, it still has to do tremendously well. So 
because a lot of season one is like setting up like you only get death for one episode mm. you only get like Cain and Abel my namesake appears which is cool um uh like just for like little tiny moments because it's like mm. you'll see more of these if mm. we get a season mm. two which yeah. um is exciting for me as a watcher but um you know you're, you're definitely hungry for more um yeah uh, Cassie, you watched this as well. Do you want to say anything on it? Yeah, it's good. Um, I didn't watch all of it. I haven't read the same in comics. Um, you know, famously, <laughs> don't like the art. Oh, yeah, this controversial take. Controversial take. James finds it completely wild, but I don't like the art style of the Sandman, therefore I haven't read you the comics. You also don't like the other ones. Watchmen, Watchmen. you don't like. Oh, yeah. no. And V for Vendetta. Yeah, yeah, no, J- yeah, look, we've gone through this. Wait, oh, V for Vendetta as well. I don't remember V for Vendetta. I don't know if I've seen that I one. Just, I think but, I um, assume yeah. that you did. If it looks like those other two, then I won't. Yeah, because, but, what's his face? Alan, Alan Moore. It's if they Moore, have yeah. a a face, they do, it's their face <laughs> when they're doing superhero face. Where oh, they just look the angry. Yep. Where they just look angry all the time. And there's too many details and the light is too harsh. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't like those. We, <laughs> just looks bad. we unpack this like in the nights following where James has gone through every book on his graphic novels collection well, and just been like, Do you like this? The, so, what you, what about this? The and comics, like got to me to assist. The comics them. that Cass really likes is like manga and like Will Eisner. Um, like really like or like clear. soft like do you like mouse features. I haven't so mouse I was like I, I haven't read it I looked at I just yeah. one that James showed me to look at I was like oh yeah I could deal with this yeah yeah it's not my favorite art style right but what I would say is like <coughs> graphic novels and comics they're like a form right and so like with films like you don't have to like immediately love everyone's like cinematography but if mm. you go on the ride with them then you're gonna get new stories and new adventures and that's what like i'm i'm <laughs> so I, defensive he's but very like, good but i'm just I like, like i'm allowed to just be like look i like when the faces show clear <laughs> facial storytelling and, and if it's like they're all doing the same grit teeth serious look in every panel i'm like i'm not into it yeah i don't think like if you read the sandman or watchman maybe sandman probably has more variety it's less superhero-y yeah like you would have a good ride i would feel mm. um but there is that kind of getting adjusted to like the kind of extreme chiaroscuro like mm. vibe as you kind of yeah look settle into it there's just other things i'm gonna do in my life yeah. you know at some yeah. point i'll have time for this but yeah. i've got other i've so much other media to do and totally. watch James. right now she's just like you're ugly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, like, I'm sorry, Ryan, but I'll Thank come back to you. Um, so yeah, the Netflix obviously a lot much easier barrier for entry because I didn't have to look at the pictures. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed parts. I didn't see all of it. Um, I enjoyed the death episode. I enjoyed the um, the David diner Thulis episode was, was quite good. good. David Thewlis was good. Yeah, when is he not? Um, yeah. Amazing. I was very sad about the little dragon at the start and the Cain of Abel, Cain and Abel thing. There was like yeah. a little. Mm. Basically, they, ha- they have Gregory the gargoyle that dream like subsumes yep. back into dream consciousness. I was extremely upset about that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty good. It's, I'm not. There. I didn't. I haven't watched all of it. It's not probably. Yeah. Going to be a, a huge favorite for me. It's about. Um, I don't have the the same connection to the source material as James, but yeah. um, no, it's 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 definitely a good series to watch. I guess the core question is on like. Dream is a an immortal figure who like has become distanced from humanity, and it's around whether or not he's able to change and kind mm. of become more kind of reflective uh, and like what his purpose is and how he can kind of help humanity. And seeing him like go through that change, um, moody emo boy, <laughs> um, as he appears to like something more. Not that his look is anything to do with it. <laughs> But he just looked cool. Um, uh, becoming more uh, empathetic and like 
uh, room for change. Yeah, and that arc I think is beautiful in the story, and um, I think they're doing a really good job uh, for something that is really, really tough to adapt. That's uh, good to hear. Yeah. My final um, pop corner is I saw Muru, um, which is on in cinemas now. Um, it stars Cliff Curtis and Tana Iti, um, and is a, like a dramatization of the 2007 raids um uh in um the the yeah um although it uh takes dramatic license with that it like takes from like a quite a few kind of attacks on tuhoi um and kind of merges them together into something that is more kind of fictionalized but is more of a statement around like how often this community this iwi has been like um harassed and you know raided by the the new zealand government and the police um Mm. And it's really, really strong because it works both as a an action thriller as well as that kind of powerful kind of statement. And I think with New Zealand films, sometimes I'm really, really rooting to like them, and sometimes <laughs> it doesn't fully connect. There is, and I think New Say Zealand their names. Is, no, <laughs> uh, but I think we're getting uh, stronger and stronger. And like, there's incredible films throughout New Zealand's history. But sometimes I'm like, I'm left wanting, and this was one where I was just like it felt like they fully encapsulated everything that they wanted to kind of say. Uh, and, you know, it was really gripping and really um, dynamic and, yeah, had a really powerful kind of statement. So uh, that is out in cinemas now. I don't think it's going to be out for very long. It's quite a limited release. I haven't seen much press for it. Mm. But, um, yeah, I found it really powerful. And it's really grounded in the perspective of of the community members there um, as opposed to, like, just staging what the raid kind of looked like um yeah nice. yeah nice. right Matt, what's your popcorn i actually honestly it's been a while since we recorded and i don't remember everything <laughs> but whatever i mean i've also haven't been consuming it a lot of things i'm still listening to renaissance mama popped off honestly um what else i, I saw glow up Oh Most yes, of it. that's what we mm. watched. I, I saw like I we still haven't watched the, watched the finale. Season. Oh, um, but I like all four who are left. Mm. I mean, they they like you know finished on a cliffhanger in the penultimate, so I don't right. know who goes home. Right, yeah. right. But yes, I like all of them that are left. So whoever wins, I'll be pleased. But two of them are clearly superior than yeah two others. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a fun season. I you know like it's. It's fun hearing Ding Dong again, as I said, <laughs> the serotonin that get Val Garland just brings anytime, because it's, it's a surprise. I, she she went for episodes not saying it as well, and then comes up. you got to earn like, it, you Oof. know? You can't, yeah. you can't just Ding Dong every yeah, episode. Yeah, I feel like there was a season where she pulled back on it a little bit, and then she's like fully embraced it again. It's, mm. you know, yeah, it's one of those that we've discussed it before, we've discussed Glow Up in the show before, mm. where it's like, you first hear it, and it's so naff, <laughs> and um, and it crawls, you know, like, it, because, like, it feels like, um, yeah, manufactured at the beginning, but it she pulls but it off really naturally. it was manufactured to precision. Yeah, to but exactly, but now <laughs> it comes off very naturally. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, so that's always fun. It's always, also, like, a nice... They've pulled, like, incredible kind of, like, it's, like, Cirque du Soleil and, like... Like, like Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Oh, these, yeah. like, yeah. like good crossovers. Globe is so big now. Whereas in the first couple of seasons, it was like, we've got you, this kind of well-known but, like, casual TV show. Like, you know, fairly commercial kind of stuff. Whereas now it's like, 
since the bigger, 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 bigger names. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. Is... I did think there's a lot of prosthetics this season. Yeah, yeah. To the point where rough. it's like... Some of them are rough. And it's like, we don't need prosthetics every no, time. No, yeah, 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 exactly. Do... So so some... That's SFX paint. That's yeah. not the same skill as makeup artistry. It's like a different job. There, there <laughs> was a few people who, um, they finished early and their makeup was not... Yeah, and they're like, the maybe team. if you had kept going, you might <laughs> yeah. have had time to finish them. Oh. This rush. Some of Val and Dom's like reactions around, like, oh, oh my god. god, they're doing that. It's just Cass was saying, like, they definitely feel like they're friends. Like, they oh yeah, out. 100%. oh yeah, absolutely. 100%. Val and Dom like go and yeah. get coffee together. Yeah. Like, yeah. they have drinks they after the bar yeah, after show. Like, yeah. Yeah. And Val is, you know, really cemented herself just as a queer icon <laughs> uh, throughout all of these years. Like, she is amazing. Mm. Um, and yeah, I you know I watched the New Zealand version of Glow Up. And I couldn't it was get so bad. past episode one of the New I'm Zealand sorry. version of Glow Up. I'm sorry, it was so cringe. Um, um, what yeah. else did I watch? I I watched Nope, um, yeah. which I did see with James. I I mean I watched like ninety like percent of Nope. It. It's like I did see it with James. <laughs> yeah. Um, I watched like ninety percent of Nope because oh, yes. it was quite late and my <laughs> eyes were battling. <laughs> <laughs> the darkness of the theater. Yeah. To be fair, I was drinking that day, which did not help. Right. But, you know. The parts you saw, verdict? <laughs> I like most of I'd like, especially like coming out of the movie, it wasn't like as impactful to me um, immediately, but I kept thinking about it in the days after I saw it. It's not as scary as like us, if you've seen that. I like. Know. Us is, but I think the ideas of Nope are co- more coherent. I think I still prefer Us as a Jordan Peele joint just because it was more like all around entertaining. But the highs of of Nope are really high, I think. Like the action sequences in the end uh, are really thrilling. But you know, he's, you know, I think he's very talented and, and Kiki Palmer is a star. Yeah, I, th- I think the movie kind of sticks in your head as well. Like, in a recent interview, he, like, compared this film, like, similar to, like, the work of David Lynch, or, like, David Lynch being, like, an inspiration. Yeah. Or it's, like, association, like, compared it to Mole. Holland Drive in terms of, like... The- <laughs> to Mole. To Mole. Um, <laughs> yeah, sequel to Mud, it's Mole. Yeah. Uh, Mulholland Drive around, like, the iconography and imagery of Hollywood and yeah. not explicitly having to, like link themes together but it feeling kind of connected and a lot of note like like there's a whole subplot which as i was walking out i heard someone saying what was the deal with that thing and um as you kind of think about it and percolate it you see the kind of connections and yeah yeah and i i was like i enjoyed like to me that was the most uh memorable section of the film but also why do we need answers for everything oh totally and like once you marinate in the film a little bit you kind of see the connection yeah but like even if something is a bit abstract at first you know it's yeah it's memorable it's cool it's weird Mm. yeah and it's a film that i feel (laughs) like i want to return back to it you know in a little bit of time and and also see all the stuff that i missed the first time around yeah um i mentioned it briefly but i'm underselling kiki palmer has arrived yeah really what a like megawatt talent and mm. the most charismatic person on earth. Yeah. The funniest person on earth. Mm. I want everything for her. Um, yeah. And their relationship as siblings feels really earned as well. Like, there doesn't have to be, like, a scene where they're, like, hey, sis, hey, bro. But, like, they kind of... <laughs> yeah. they, they know... Like, they have those, like, looks between them where you're, like... Yeah, they're, they're like a family. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you know, Nope also introduced Brandon Perea to the world. He's real good. He's real funny. He's <laughs> very hot. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he's got that that signature like uh, blonde tipped kind of oh, hair. Oh yeah, which, James is James wants for wanting. himself. Write in, listeners, to the podcast. Yeah. Do you think yes or no on James getting bleached hair? Yeah, elements? peroxide blonde. We love it. Yeah. Um, and I think the final thing that I want to talk about is I did see quite a few films on the film festival. Um, highlights include Crimes of the Future, the new um, Cronenberg. David Cronenberg, uh, Body Horror, um, Both Sides of the Blade, the, a Claire Denis melodrama. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, Juliette Binoche, mwah, love her. She's excellent. You know, so sometimes she's like one of those people who gives very luminous energy. Mm. She just has to like um, be there and you project luminous feelings towards her but she's she's doing the work and she's, she's acting destroyed. yeah we talk about scenes in this podcast she yeah. has scenes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and, but i think the thing that you are gonna be like hearing in the months ahead i think a best picture nominee at least a best original screenplay nominee triangle of sadness Juan the palm door it can uh really fun kind of uh satire about like moneyed people and privilege and yeah just a wild film big audience hit um uh, you know like just these people in rich situations mm. you'll never relate oh, i never related <laughs> people in rich situations is such a good descriptor for a film <laughs> they're on a boat yeah, yeah. Rich people i love people boat. in rich situations yeah yeah but um Go see Kidda. I'm sure it'll have a re-release oh, closer totally. to towards season time. Yeah. But it was a fun time. I didn't know that James was also in the theater. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was one of the, like, the big... Because, yeah, winning the Palm Door, I was like, oh, I should check that out. And Muru was also part of the film fest, which I caught afterwards. That was the opening film. Um, Wait, did you see both of these yesterday? No, no. No, no, no. So sadness, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just chucking in Muru was also part of the oh, film fest. Oh, okay. I'm I thought you were saying yeah. we saw them both. No. Like. No, Triangle of Sadness is a whopper of a film that's like... Two and a half. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But two and a half hours that flew by actually. Oh, yeah. I thought it's a blast. Yeah. 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 It's a huge crowd pleaser. People were cracking yeah. up. And especially now that like there are ten spots in Best Picture. We just saw Drive My Car nominated mm. last year. This is like a lot more crowd pleasing, I think. For a wider audience, yeah. I think. And uh, uh yeah, the director <coughs> made like Force Majeure and The Square. Um, yeah. I'm forgetting the name after Ru- Ruben Ostland. Usland. Usland. I don't know. Usland. And uh, those, those two are available on Mubi, which uh, Cass and I remembered we had an account. Yeah, well, James Mubi has an account. I've not been paying for yeah. Mubi. I don't Mubi know about is this. A slay. Um, <laughs> we're going to be using that more often. Yeah. Anyway, we've talked a lot about films of the now, the films of the old, and films of the future. Oh. Who knows? <laughs> In our feature presentation. Rope. Played once, Sam. For all time's sake. You must remember. The mix. The mix. Is just a mix. Well, everything looks very strange. It's it's not fully black and white yet, but there's this glow <laughs> to everything. It, it's like we're in Technicolor. I mean, I, this lighting looks good on me, honestly. Wow. Why did we ever chuck out Technicolor? Like, what, I don't know. what's the dealio? I need to look into the film history with that. Too expensive. Like, I just love the glow of Technicolor. It looks fucking gorgeous. It looks so ideal. Like, society uh, looks ideal. Yes. Um, 
I don't know. It's like so. Did they? How did they do it? Were they? Did they have to tint the, the film afterwards? I honestly don't know. Because <laughs> I know that's what they did for color. At the, like, Excuse like, me. Sorry. Yeah. Alfred. <laughs> Alfred. I'm just calling well, it my, my okay. BA and. Oh. Excuse me, you two that have BAs in film. I thought you might know a little bit about film history. Sorry for oh, my. Mr. Hitchcock is busy. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. sorry. Just, he's got so much. Yeah. Well, at the time, that's when they were, that's how they were colorizing like black and white photography. Is that you'd take black and white photos and then you would be like tinting them. Yeah, I think it is afterwards. So yeah. that would be why they stopped doing it because. It took fucking ages. Yeah. <laughs> but the result. Mwah. But Look, should okay. we talk about the season? Yeah, yeah. let's do the season. So we've yeah. had a little bit of a discussion about reasons for You Must Remember Me. Yeah, it's about going back in time because, you know, part of film, it's, it's not just the now, but it's the past. Mixed yeah. bags have existed since film existed. Absolutely. And we have to look have back to look Have you seen the train going into the station? I mean, oh my once God. a there. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, it's a classic. Um, yeah. Work is in the building. Work is no, leaving I, the Lumiere factory, James. <laughs> Stone Cold oh. Classic. Um, but yeah, uh, we we haven't covered a lot of older films, as we said. And it's good to look back. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, and you, I find I don't do it as much, this, the, the excitement of getting movie, um, as well as, you know, doing the series. It's like, it's exciting being like, yeah, cool. Like, yeah. All of these I stories. Love, I yeah. also just love looking back, because yeah, I just, mostly we all just watch modern films. Yeah. Mm. The movie pay me but like the 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 best part of of um doing movie is they they show you when things expire so like i don't really have to i just like watch the movies when they when it, the little orange thing comes up and Think it like, says expiring time yet expiring and, to watch this. and i'm like oh i'll watch that then gives yeah. me a yeah. sense of urgency mm. whereas if it's all there sometimes you get uh overwhelmed by the choice even yeah. in netflix you're like i don't know what to watch yeah mm. um so you stick to watching brooklyn 99 or something like oh, something yeah. completely more of glow up. yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. a lot of our popcorn has been kind of tv shows so it's nice mm. so go yeah. yeah so we are going back in time mm. and like we're that. going back to 1948 our yeah. first stop in the tour mm. yes. where jimmy stewart was a household name uh, I think it was at that point, eh? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A, a young this Arthur now. Lawrence was getting his, his second ever <laughs> film screenwriting job. Yeah. And uh, we go to Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, big name. Big name. Who transitioned Big man. From, big name. Hey, big name of man. Uh, he transitioned. Big like, cotton. This huge. <laughs> <laughs> big dickhead as well. Real jerk. Um, <laughs> Who went from the silent movies right up to the seventies with friends? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Huge man. Um, I think you might know him. Yeah. Readers, mixerinas. <laughs> He's got that big mixed baguettes. Yeah. yeah. Do we have any favorite Hitchcock films? Uh, I have seen very little. Alfred Did you? Hitchcock. I, I think I've seen like Psycho. Yeah. That's it. Did you enjoy? Oh, surely more. No, I don't know. Psycho. Name other ones. Vertigo. No, I haven't Strangers seen it. Strangers on a Train. I haven't seen it. Rear Window. Haven't seen it. Oh, we mm. gotta do some more. Hitch. Yeah, like yeah. again, this is the things that you don't see if you don't have a film degree. <laughs> I mean, I definitely had a season where I watched the big, the big, big Hitchcocks, yeah. and I yeah. it was a time. Um, Psycho is a good one though. Sorry. Psycho is That's a good, good one it's until good until the last ten minutes where they explain everything. And they explain the plot to you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, right, well, it's this thing, see? Yeah, uh, so it's all about the psychology. Featuring the original Andrew Garfield, Anthony Perkins. Yes. Yeah. Oh, such a so good. Mm. What yeah. a soft boy. Mm. R.I.P. Um, yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite? favorite? To me, like, Vertigo is pretty undeniable. Vertigo is pretty great. I think my other favorites, I'd say Rebecca is up there. Oh, I've seen Rebecca. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Shadow of a Doubt. 
I really enjoy. Notorious mm. uh, with Ingrid Bergman and Cary Grant. Yeah, it's I really love. As well, yeah. And Mani, I love Mani. I think Rear yeah. Window is also pretty classic as oh, yeah. well. Just yeah, the, the broken leg, like the that storytelling structure is really fun. Um, Featuring Jimmy. Jimmy again. Yeah. yeah, I don't know because he worked with his big two guys on North by Northwest is such a blast as well. It's so much see, fun. see, that one was one I takes me a while to get into. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the big, the big, the big men are James Stewart and um, Cary Grant. Grant. Yeah. And his big women are the blondes. Yes. Ingrid Berg. Yeah. I think Psycho is probably there for me as well. It feels yeah, so cliche, good. but it's just like, it's so undeniable. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I've, I'm a big Hitchcock fan. I just like. want to say, now that we have mentioned Psycho, and it took me to the, the first Psycho I saw, which was the Shot for Shot remake, yeah. by Gus Van Sant, R.I.P. Anne Heche, a singular actress, honestly yeah. very talented. Mm. Um, anyways. Yeah. Um, I've never seen that film. I'd like to I'd like to see it just out of curiosity, because Gus Van Sant made some, made some wild experimental films. And talking of experimental films, this film is a huge experiment. It yeah. is a... It is a trying to look like a one shot but it's not really but. yeah we, well, the thing is it's doing the kind of cheating like shot like cutting hiding the cuts sort yeah. of one shot thing except for one point where it just cuts over to reaction shot for yeah. a little while and then cuts back and we were like yeah. what you yeah. broke the rules and yeah. there was another moment <laughs> well, we'll, talk, we'll, we'll talk about it but, but, um, but it's almost entirely yeah. in that yeah. one shot the yes. reason why I, I picked it is um, you know I've watched most of Hitchcock's films except for like some of the odd bits here and there some of those yeah, early ones I haven't yeah, yeah. but um, this one is like it has like a certain kind of power to it I remember it having it but it's so obvious like intentionally theatrical and this is based on a play mm-hmm. yeah. um, quite an earlier play you said 19... 1929 yeah. yeah and this is 48 um, about like a, a real life real life murderers uh, Leopold and Loeb um, well, inspired by. Inspired, inspired by, yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking inspiration from, yeah, true. Yes, yes, um, yes. Yeah, and so the film, it, it's trying to make you think it's all one shot, although they break it up every 10 minutes because of the camera, how much the camera could shoot. Um, and just interior, except for the only shot, like, during the credits where it's outside. Um, and it's very odd. Yeah, know. it's an odd film. I think I pushed you to make this choice as well because it's one of the Hitchcocks I haven't seen. The big ones, anyways. Mm. Like, I've seen most of the the A-tier and maybe B-tier t- Hitchcocks. Um, and I think the big big names that, that I haven't seen are this and, like, The Man Who Wasn't There. Um, oh, the is Man that Who right? Knew Too Much? The Man Who Knew Too Much. The Man well, Who Wasn't There is Cohen's. Yeah, there's two um, of those. There's two, well. yeah. I haven't seen either of them. I hear the remake is better. Yeah. Um, I think I have seen it, but it was ages ago. But yeah, th- this was one of the big. Well, it wasn't actually a big title. I think it's it's one of yeah classically mixed Hitchcock. Yeah. And then it got like a, a bit of like a cult reputation because of the themes. Yeah. The themes. The themes. Yeah. Um. So we kind of talked about our history with Hitchcock, unless there's anything else that. Yeah. Sitting with people. Have you seen the play Rope? No. no. Uh, uh, once a repertory put it on earlier this year, so there was an opportunity for us to see it, but we did not go. We did sorry about that. Go. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wellington repertory. Well, I could see it being an interesting play, maybe a little dry. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? We can't. Anyway, versions of what we, we have, haven't we haven't seen. We've yeah. been talking around rope for a while, but what is rope? What I'm gonna tell you. Is rope. Um, <laughs> All right. Cass is gonna do a movie in a minute. Let's get that timer uh, set up. Summarize it in three, two, one, go. 
two young men, Brandon and Philip, are shown in the middle of strangling their other friend, David. Um, they <laughs> put him into a box, uh, his dead body, uh, and then uh, Brandon uh, sort of announces that they're having a party that night. Philip is kind of aghast and immediately regretting having joined in this murder, but Brandon is very sort of... Uh, kind of uh, treating it very lightly. Um, the party involves uh, David's sort of girlfriend, uh, Janet, um, Janet's ex-boyfriend, Huffle. Kenneth, David's parents, which his mum doesn't end up coming, and it's a sort of odd uh, aunt who loves horoscopes, mm. um, and their old professor, uh, Jimmy Stewart, who was the one that first told them all these like terrible theories about <laughs> how like they are superior beings Fifteen. that should be allowed to murder with impunity and inferior people should be allowed to be murdered. Over the course of the dinner party, Jimmy Stewart silly re- picks up on the fact that they are being very weird uh, and there's probably a dead body Five in the seconds. house and that David's missing and he eventually catches on to what they've done and says ah I should never have told you to, about those terrible philosophies and calls the uh, police on them by shooting a gun mm. yeah. there you go <laughs> this rope um, and he's a housekeeper too I must honestly <laughs> look from that movie in a minute I think if Cass were there she was she would murder David as well <laughs> or she put some stank on that David yeah. <laughs> David yeah, well, if not the murderer, then definitely a detective himself. Look, because it would not. I don't think I would really take the world's greatest detective to Look, solve this little riddle. Can... I'm gonna <laughs> say, Farrell <laughs> <laughs> would be like, "Oh, well, it's them." Yeah. Um, well, we'll uh, talk about it. But first, we have to solve the mystery about who the sizzler of this ensemble is. Oh yeah. Who is our most visually pleasing? A hot butter. Oh, I miss those wafts. Mm. I think mm. that there's mm-hmm. there's some options here. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I'll go first then. Yeah. Um, I think for me, there's just something about uh, a man who murders and then has a conscience about <laughs> it. Um, well, not really his performance himself. It's more just his face and how frazzled he gets. This guy called Farley Granger. He's also in Hitchcock's... <laughs> oh, Strangers on a Train, which is actually one of my yeah. favorite Hitchcocks. Um, uh, who plays Philip? He like he's really dishy um, and <laughs> such a James word. Yeah, that's a classic James yeah. word. And as he goes along, his he gets a little flustered and he drinks a little bit and his hair comes down um, just a tiny bit, just a little curl like Superman except evil. And um, <laughs> and he go and he starts acting really obstinate. He's like, get up, I'm drunk. And he's like cat and mouse, like throwing his, throwing glass his glasses on the, the ground. Yeah. And he just, he looked really, like he's really just pretty. You just want to hug him. I just want to hug him and you do know. other things to him. If you're right, you'll um, be fine. And, uh, and Farley, Farley is a looker and yeah. Farley Granger. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I liked the charisma of the other guy, but the face didn't do it. Me. Yeah, yes. yeah. Also, he was very into killing. Yes. <laughs> Which he was way too a, into not himself. Very cool. Yeah, real sociopathic. <laughs> like. I think I would agree. Um, there was like not really a standout for me in the beginning. Like, uh, the girlfriend was pretty in an old Hollywood kind of way. Mm. They were both like fine. And then yeah, I saw that moment where like his he gets a little vulnerable and his hair is too sold and and this like stray strand of hair just like. Um, I don't know, just, like, how it lays on his forehead was just, like, oh, mm. okay. And the brown suit. I yeah, yeah, know. he gets, he unravels a little bit, mm. you know, like, gets messy. there's so much pent-up energy there, and then he kind of just, like, lets loose a little bit, and you know, you like, all right, 
Yeah. Cool. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, and as I think about this movie, I'm like, I don't think there is, like, a hot butter in this film, but uh, there yeah. is, like, a visual, most visually pleasing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would say, like, I would say, yes, either between Janet or Philip for the yeah. most visually pleasing. I don't think either of them are hot to me. Like, I don't think no, there's, like, no, no. anyone's... No one, there is no... Yeah, they, they're not Janet really needed a moment a for me. She didn't yeah. have a moment. Yeah. I'd probably agree. I'd probably go with Philip. It might be a, 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 a an agreed wow. triple oh, hot butter yeah, for the three of there us. there you go. And I'd like but I think, yeah, he's, a, he's an MVP, but not a hot butter for me. Yeah, I'd like to shout out that Jimmy Stewart is definitely a hot butter in other movies. Not um, here. Not, not here. Not, not here by, <laughs> by Jimmy any Stewart means. in other movies. Is Philadelphia he, Story. He just has that, yeah. he has that straight-laced appeal that you're just like, I just want to, I bet he's a bad boy. And then all that. <laughs> I just want to mess him up he's a little a bit. He's a boy scout. But he, he's not. He's not, not here. Not here, no. no. He is, yeah. um, and we'll talk he, about and, it later. Yeah, cause... we had some some people we compared this character to, and they were not complimentary. <laughs> yes, yeah. Anyways, what um, did we like about Rope? Um, I think the the premise of it is pretty interesting. Yeah. The yeah. arrogance uh, yeah. of these two killers of, like, let's kill this guy, hide him in a box. Did we say that? We did, yeah. Yeah, and then they have, like, not Hold just having a party in the um, house, in box. but they literally, like, are like, ah, let's move all of our food and stuff and we'll put it on top of the box. Uh, so they have, like, <laughs> yeah. they use their, te- like, the, basically the big box where they're keeping David's body as their, like, s- sort of table. Which was evening. so dark to me, but <laughs> I enjoyed it. Which is very dark, <laughs> um... And but for also very stupid because it, it really like drew yeah. attention to that area in yeah. a way that was like really not a great idea for them as killers. Mm. Um, but I think there was there's that kind of like peacocking, like wanting to show yeah, off. The yes. thing, the thing oh, yeah. The thing I liked about the box is that it drew your attention. There was so much tension in that box itself, oh, yeah. right? Mm. Like even when you know like nothing was happening, there were shots of the box, the books on the box. Like it was really cool. Yeah. Um, mm. And that's like it shows so much of the psychology of I was going to say the killers it's mainly what's his name Brandon really Brandon that's the ringleader yeah. uh, and Philip is kind of the such assistant such a tainted name Brandon yeah. and then immediately like kind of yeah regrets it as soon as it's been sort of going on and then kind of just trying to just basically fearful that he's going to get found out as opposed to yeah lording it over everybody like Brandon is but what I I like is that um so it, you feel like Philip is in love with Brandon, and then Brandon mm. is desperate to prove his intelligence and ability to the schoolmaster character. Yeah, um, apparently in the play Bru- they are Kiddell? like yeah they yeah. are a, Rupert, like it's, it's more canonically these are two gay characters, Brandon yes. and Philip. Yeah, I mean I think it's still implied by the text, just the way that mm. they clearly both live in this apartment yeah. together and, and very like familiar with they each talk other. about how they're going to go on holiday Holi- together. Yeah. Like you know it's yeah. sort of the, the the implication is still that these are these are two gay men that are living together. Um, but I think it is definitely the sense that Philip was only involved in the murder because he's kind of going along with Brandon's plan. Um, and you see yeah. that the character of Jimmy Jimmy Stewart's character Rupert is also gay. Yes, is also much more explicitly so in the play apparently. Right. Um, but it's not how he plays it. In the but film. no. Yes, and then apparently Arthur Lawrence is interviewed saying that he did he was so subtle in his adaptions for the screenplay uh, that he's not sure that Jimmy Stewart even knew <laughs> that he was supposed to be playing a gay character. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> whether he knew or not, I didn't see it on the screen. Yeah. No. And it may have been he... a conscious choice around yeah. like needing a movie star and like needing a yeah. A and I, I would scene. imagine that saying... nobody would have sat him down and told no. him to play it that way. So he was just but like, you know no, what? I just didn't play it. But that that's way. the thing we mentioned that like. <laughs> Hitch's main man 
were Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart. And that, damn, I would have loved to have seen what Cary would have done. Yeah. Because he's a slightly fair. There are some rumors yeah. about his personal life. Yeah, I think he, it's pretty He might have dabbled. Yeah. However, yeah. both, so Fowley Granger and then also, I can't remember what the other gentleman's John name. Dahl. John Dahl. John Dahl, both, both queer in real life. Yes. So yeah. um, they lent some of that energy, I think. And I think that energy between think, the two of them yeah. is one of the things that's interesting about them. I think so. I think they yeah. got it. I, they got the relationship. They were leaning into it. Like, I think especially um, with how... Uh, John Dole played his character. He was very much relishing and like yeah. the the charm and and you could tell these he knew the he's subjects play- of this yeah. character. He, and he's yeah. also like playing the charisma of mm. this character because we need to understand. And I did I, I did understand like yeah okay this is how Philip got sort of enthralled I into also, doing this murder with him is that I he's just, so charming and yeah. like able to kind of convince people to do anything. But I love those um, old queens in an old Hollywood movie, mm. like um, Addison DeWitt and All About Eve. Like, mm. if you've seen mm. the, the movie. Well, it's just like all the ways that, how can we signpost this without doing anything yeah. explicit? Because we, the, the, you know, yeah, hate Exactly. Yeah. And it's kind of <laughs> wild to me that, yeah, like a 1929 play featuring three gay characters. Mm. Like, and also for this 48 play, uh, film rather, to have, you know, too heavily implied. I mean, look, if you had half a brain, yeah, like you would but read between also, lines. But people also probably were not looking. Oh for no, that. of course they're not. No. They're, not yeah. they're not reading that into it. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it's it's one cool to see that kind of representation. But then the flip side of that is it's like they are playing these characters that are so associated <laughs> evil with evil <like>, killers, <laughs> evil killers, and like this fascist ideology. Yeah. yeah. Um. Which is obvious, and it's why I thought this could be a good interesting mixed bag thing as well mm. um but that was before i realized that leopold and the, the, the it's based on two actual killers yeah. leopold and yeah. yeah so i was not familiar at all with rope until like we watched this film i hadn't come like come across the i'd sort of known there was a play i knew mm. it was a film mm. but i didn't really know anything about it um mm. except it was to do with some sort of killing mm-hmm. um and then you guys said oh it's based on leopold and Loeb as it was starting and i was like oh okay so i do know that story mm. fairly yeah. well um yeah so leopold and Loeb, i think was 1910 or mm-hmm. 1900s, I think, 1910s. Um, and they were, yeah, 17 and 18-year-old, I think, or 18 and 19-year-old um, young men who, uh, yeah, were kind of, they were lovers and friends and kind mm. of like, yeah, had a very sort of toxically close relationship in which folie they kind of... Yeah, mm. this folie deux belief that they were, yeah, superior. They got really into Nietzsche and the sort of concept mm. of like the ubermensch. Um, and this is, of course, pre, you know, um, Hitler and all of that mm. sort of stuff. Yeah. So this, I think it reads, yeah... It's it's very yeah. interesting that that play would have been written exactly. pre World War Two, and, and then this was adapted post. Which, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so they have this this sort of self inflated kind of yeah obsession with themselves as superior men and superior beings. Well, I mean, one of them and, shouldn't have. Yeah, <laughs> psychopathy that kind of like leads them to think that yeah we're above the law and we could be, we should be able to do whatever we want. And so they did a whole lot of crimes, but people didn't notice their crimes, and they're like, fine, yeah. we're gonna do the perfect murder. And so they were yeah obsessed with doing this perfect murder, and they oh, ended so up. What kind of crimes did they do before? Like that. robbery and arson oh, and yeah. stuff, mm. and nobody cared. So they sort of worked themselves up into uh, right. doing that. And I, I don't know, I can't remember which of them it was, but one of them was kind of more of the ringleader, the other mm. one was kind of more the there, for the, the, there for the boy rather yeah. than there for the murder. Yeah. Um, and yes, they ended up kind of, uh, yeah, just killing this 14 year old boy who was, I think, one of their cousins. Mm. Um, and then just, yeah. Just because they could, kind of thing. Basically, yeah, to prove their superiority and how smart and they, they were. And they could do this. They could get away the with it. Murder, yeah. um, but of course. 
like the pirates in this, uh, they were not good at being murderers. Yeah, they, they were immediately like the body was found like the next day. They hung themselves by their own rope. Yeah, they left. <laughs> they left clues pointing to themselves all over the scene. It was like it was very sloppily and badly yeah. done. And of course, they were found and convicted and sentenced like, to life uh, in prison. Honestly, it's um, it's a great concept for a movie. Like yeah, kind of like exploring. I think people are fascinated mm. by that sort of crime where it's like the, the motive for the crime is about this something philosophical yeah. as opposed yeah, to absolutely. one of the normal reasons. And like a love um, affair as well, like Bonnie yeah. and Clyde. And of Sorted. course there's a yeah. lurid, lurid element lurid of like, you know. Love. But um, um, yeah, I think people are fascinated by that sort of the serial killer vibe where mm, it's like this mm. person is killing for something about their own twisted psychology as opposed yeah. to like money and you know other things mm. um yeah. so it's yeah it's pre obviously they're not serial killers but like no yeah. but they're very infamous in in true in crime that type lore. Of way. um yeah so i've yeah listened mm. to multiple things on Le- yeah. leopold and Loeb. And um, I was the one who told Cass that it was about them. And the thing that I remember distinctly about yeah. Leopold and Loeb is one of them is way cuter than the other <laughs> one. Please look them up because, like, it's not... It's it's, oh. it's, it's, look, the, it's, it's, a, it's an objective fact. It's, it's an, an objective, objective fact. <laughs> and it was um, the... Um, we found out later that yeah. Yeah, plot so the, twist... The, the, the one that's not as hot was the charismatic one that was the go. leader. Yeah. yeah. Reflected in the film, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. Um... um would not have picked because like you know you'd expect the the good looking one to be the one who'd be like oh stringing along this this, this other guy mm. yeah there you go every um, time I say the name I just think I'm mucking up and accidentally talking about like a law firm or something it does sound like a law firm <laughs> that's um, a very good joke for like, like a background stuff and Bloom. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. for like a background law firm in a TV show yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah so there's been a lot of adaptations I think mm, of this mm, and like right. yeah there's a lot of yeah I think there's, there's this a uh, uh, film with Orson Welles called Persuasion oh. or, it's not Persuasion but it's, <laughs> it's called no, something but I, it's, if it's called Orson something Wells, as Mrs. Atwell yes, says yes, yes. Um, <laughs> keep discussing I will um, look this up yeah so that's sort of where I kind of well, I guess that was where I was sort of basing my knowledge of it um, mm. yeah so I think that's the part of the um Part of the things that are good about the film are the where it's interested in the psychology of these guys, yeah, um, and kind of toying with the sort of psychopathy of this of Brandon, who's our sort of yeah the ringleader of the two, yeah. versus the the kind of guilt and regret of Philip, who has yeah got a conscience and is you know mm. maybe not as not as psychopathic as the other. Yeah, what do you know? What it's what? called compulsion. Compulsion. Oh, compulsion. Yeah. Both. I mean, persuasion works as well because mm. there's a lot of persuasion. Yeah. yeah. Compel me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of those ideas are like because obviously because of the format, it's like this trying to do this one uh, like the getting out that exposition doesn't feel too kind of ham-fisted mm. like Jimmy yeah. Stewart gives us kind of monologue it's a, it's an interesting dynamic where he's been espousing these kind of views of like yeah of superiority in his students and kind of meaning it more in a joking or not Why joking because he th- does hold by it but I he think, doesn't yeah like it's like if you actually follow through with like killing someone well this else is the not. thing is like that and Hitch he's, was, he's, he's a devil's advocate. Yeah, know? like, like he's, he's sort of, so his character, Jimmy Stewart's character, I don't know if we've sort of explained this specifically, is supposed to have been like their teacher at university yeah. or um, in high school, I'm not sure which of the two. Um, but yeah, somebody who taught them and he, he was the one that had came up with this philosophical yeah. position of that, you know, because we were all ubermensch, we should be allowed to kill with impunity mm. and inferior people. Um, and he sort of says it with this like, 
as in a very kind of familiar of some kind of like yeah conservative I like outright kind of speakers yeah. today that sort of thing of I like think oh it's, I, it's plausible deniability I could be joking but mm. also I kind of mean it exactly I think way. the casting of Jimmy Stewart is also important because it's gray mm. and it makes it grayer like because he's very canonically a good guy. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy Stewart is like a always yeah, a star persona. Guy. Yeah. Like, this character, you're like, I'm like, what? I'm like, this character is, a, is terrible and he led to this happening because Absolutely. he espoused these terrible yeah. philosophical and there's, positions. there's a moment before where like, Mrs. Wilson, the, the caregiver, like, buys his favourite patter and she's like, oh, I got your favourite patter. He's like, oh, I've gone off it. And she's like, what? Oh, okay. And he's like, no, no, I was joking. And he just <laughs> delivers it so flatly that you're like, Jeez. can I trust this guy? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't but, know. Yeah. But, like, she loves him. And I'm also just, him. I'm like, why she do people him. like this guy? Yeah, he's terrible. Story? Why is he our, our hero Well, while we were ways? watching it, Because he's we, smart. He's an uber man. Yeah, because we've, he's re- so smart. we've realized he looked a little similar to Jordan Peterson in terms of that. <laughs> um, yeah, just the kind of confident, like, this is how it is, like, taking the, the lead. The legions of, of young boys just, that yeah. were following his words. Yeah. The impressionable yeah. young men. Yeah, but it just shows that, like, things have not changed at all. We've yeah. cycled back, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's important. Like, I don't know how many films of this era would tackle something like this, mm. I think. And I think that's kind of why um, Hitchcock is really important. He kind of gets through, like, these psychological things. Like, yeah. he does explore these things. And I do like that they kind of, yeah, they show, because Jimmy Stewart's character is kind of our, you know, our sort of, not, maybe not our protagonist a but detective. our hero yeah. like mm. the, the murderer is our protagonist and he's yeah. like kind of the one that we're following like yeah, yeah we sort of see him sort of glibly saying all of this terrible stuff but then he has like his biggest monologue <coughs> and his most impassioned monologue is at the end where he's like I've realised like, that, that that's all like yeah that's that that, that behaviour that, that line of thinking leads mm. us to this this megalomania um, and yeah it's psychopathic thing that we all become God like you know and that's not yeah, nobody should be pretending to be God. Mm. Um, and yeah, he is very furious at the young men. Yeah, he's like, everyone should be independent and be able to like, li- you know, be able to live their lives fully and no one should be better than anyone else. And yeah, like, and they should, they're, they're yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it feels very post-World War Two, mm. I think. Yeah. That, yeah. that long sort of monologue That's section, true. which is very much about, yeah, saying, saying very explicitly, like, no, yeah, no one, like, no, no one is inferior to anybody else. And like, nobody has the right to judge themselves as being superior to others. Or um, just kill others willingly. Yeah, yeah. It's, but yeah. I think, but I, but it's more about the, the I think his, his monologue is more about, like, the general idea the psychological. Of, that you shouldn't yep. be able to treat other people as inferior to you, no matter who they are, yeah. like, no matter who you are. Mm. Um, as opposed to the act of actual killing. And I think uh-huh. that's an important distinction. It's not that he's just like, well, you shouldn't have killed him. No. It's more about like the entire moral position that he's, and it's sort of showing These him going back on it. led to um, this act. Yeah, yeah, I wish that they did like lend in a little bit more some like the sense of his culpability. <laughs> because yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, we sort of show him changing his mind, but we don't sort of show... Here's one line Guilt around from like, him oh, about like oh, I I, I like taught I you this stuff that. like it's yeah. like because it is kind of his fault like not his, <laughs> totally his fault but he yeah. like you know he, he well, taught them the stuff at the so. end of the film he's still a movie star he he fires the shots out the window and then he sits down like waiting for the cops to arrive and yeah we cool... have this sort of soundscape of people downstairs going like oh my where did those shots yeah. come from we better call the police and oh, it's a really cool way of there. like because we've yeah. been the room hasn't had any windows open and suddenly it's like yeah, yeah. you live in society and I really yeah. I like yeah. that ending as well because it like lets it's probably like a lot to take in as an audience in 1948 as well mm. so it lets you kind of like settle down into this and like if you get something from it great you know yeah. <laughs> like, but 
yeah. and you see this killers kind of process that as well mm. yeah. um well talking about we were kind of talking around that kind of frame let's talk around did the cinematography and that kind of style yeah. kind of work for you because i think yeah for me there are some shots where he frames where like it's all around how bodies are kind of um kind of pose that kind of ozu like kind of structure around like oh if you come here and that'll kind of complete the frame um and he's able to um shift these kind of uh various kind of frames with how people are kind of blocked in a way that's quite effective a lot of the time like mini scenes amongst mm. it or never cutting i thought by like largely i don't know what the experiment does yeah for me i don't think i knew what it was saying it didn't seem like it it, it added very much to Doesn't me. This, thematically this, this like I, I, feel tied into it because it is it's a play. It's such a play. Oh, it's so theatrical. Um, honestly, it's like absolutely. I'm like, I, it, what this film did more than anything else was like, oh, I'd be interested in reading the play, <laughs> <rather>. <laughs> um, because it, it's yeah, it's a one room location. Mm. Like it's 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 closed space, closed time for my <laughs> as I was teaching my uh, playwriting students last week. Um, and yeah, it's 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 almost real time, and it's almost all mm. like yeah, it's it's all it one, one location. Yeah. I think um, they they stretched a little bit. They stretched a little bit, but it's pretty like, close. They're eating dessert very early. But yeah, but they also could have eaten that quite fast. You yeah, know? like that's the that's true. Play. I mean, like you don't yeah. really quantify that. You might have had dinner in like ten minutes, and then yeah. like dessert, just, and in. everybody was awkward, so they just left. I think yeah. they were, they were but, conscious yeah. of that. Like that one take was going to make it feel like it was longer because it doesn't. It feels a little bit longer than eighty minutes, mm. and so. The impact of that is like, oh yeah, cool. They're having, but yeah, like so that sort of I can understand that like that why that works really well in a stage production. And then I feel like yeah, adding the one take situation, I think the fun of one takes like because I don't I don't know I don't it's not a, it's not a thing that I absolutely love in film when they're using it because it, it it just but like I like it when it's, it's about a journey it? through yeah. a lot of space yeah. and like oh let's let's go through a crowd or like we're gonna you know the big sort of yeah. Famous ones are like, oh, we're going through this sort of busy area and we're seeing Goodfellas. like the choreography of different people yeah. come, jumping in and yeah. out and, and, like and through the back of the doors. The most of this famous one's called like Russian Ark, where it's like looking through. Excuse me, the most famous one is Goodfellas. And it's not a whole film, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. Russian <laughs> Ark, it's like, it goes through like a whole expanse of like Russian history. Excuse me, the most famous yeah. one is called Birdman, actually. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, that episode of The Beer. Um, um, but yeah, so, but I think what's really breathtaking about those yeah. big one shot ones where it's, it's really exciting is that there is we're going through so many spaces and we're seeing so many characters and it's mm. all this beautifully choreographed perfect timing and I, I thinking about it from like how would they have done that like the timing of when you do this action so that you're in the shot at the right time when this person's just done that that's all the mm. sort of stuff that's really glorious about it whereas here I don't it's not really doing anything really exciting or breathtaking it's just kind of we're just in this one room and we're just moving yeah. around it. I don't know. And I, so I don't know. It didn't, it didn't really add a huge some, amount to me. There's like, some it, it shots that are really jarring to me, like mm. like shots to the back of a character and then like to make it continuous mm. where it's like you're probably just hiding your cut there's somewhere oh, it's just weird yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah like definitely. It, but it's like so weird to me. It's but, odd to watch it. But I think there are some thing some 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 camera stuff that is really interesting i don't know how much it adds to the story but visually i'm engaged like especially when that there's that one shot where the camera is just still on like um the box and you see the depth of field of like the hallway and um the housekeeper is pu- putting away all the food mm-hmm. from from the murder box 
And I was like, I don't know what this is, but it's cool. Yeah, it draws attention to itself. Yeah. And it ultimately builds to her, like, opening the box. Oh, yeah, and it ratchets the tension of, like, you know. Yeah. Um, it focuses, again, on the box. Mm. Chekhov's box, Hitchcock's yeah. box. Mm. And um, that's something Hitchcock was really, really interested in, was building tension a lot of the time. I don't know if this is the most tense film. I think it... I don't, attempts and yeah. endeavors to. Well, I know. I, I find that a lot of the tense films from the olden days, from the golden era, aren't really that tense, but I still think they're interesting because they try to attempt that and they do succeed to a degree. Yeah. I, I mean, think I've, this I've one definitely it's, seen it's, other Hitchcock films yeah. that have a stronger sense of tension. I yeah. think for me, the lack of tension comes from just the constant <laughs> we'll stupid mistakes it. that Brandon we and Philip do throughout, it. where it's, there's no way they're going to get away with this. Like, I, it's, oh. Yeah, I mean, that anxiety, I, I think that's tied in, like, there's some instances where it's so obvious, but then there's other bits where Brandon is so arrogant that he thinks, he's so cocky that you're it like, something. oh my god, yeah. just shut up. I think there's also, probably like, one thing that's going to stop us from having tension is that we don't want them to succeed. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. we as an audience do not want them to get away with it. I kind of so, did. I think we are. <laughs> well, I, I'm like, obviously we don't. Like, I don't want them to get yeah. away with it. I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, at some point Jimmy Stewart's going to find them out. And I'm going to work out when the detective is going to stop them. To the me, I wanted them to get away with it because they were giving away so much. <laughs> I'm just like, come It's really on. the underdog at that point. It's like, come on, guys. But yeah, I'm like, I, but I feel like if we wanted them to to be able to to get away with it, then those moments would be more tense because mm. I'd be like, oh no, they're going to get found. Oh, mm. fine, phew, yeah, they're fine. Yeah, sure. Whereas I'm like, okay, look, they just gave you the clue. Come on, Jimmy, like mm. get there. You um, know? I would like to talk about, before we move on to that properly, I would like to talk about some performances in the film, yes. yeah. which are really fun. Yes. Um, I think our favourites were um, Constance Collier. Yes, is, um, Mrs. Mrs. Atwell. Atwater. We, Atwater, yes. yes. We loved her. Who she knew her horoscopes like the back of her hand. She was this just... toothy, tooth-forward performance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this like dowager widow kind but of like... she was just so in it. I was just like, that's, a, that's her. Yes. Yeah. She probably wasn't in real life, but... She just exuded that, like, upper crust kind yeah. of... Um, she comes in, she asks Philip to, like, just read his palms and, like, <laughs> like takes us and is like, oh, yes, these hands will grant you fame. But also <laughs> she has going, the most, oh. like, wonderful dialogue as well. Like, yeah. it's, like, perfectly capturing her, you know, cast in life. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. There was, like, a long sequence, which is her and Jimmy Stewart trying to discuss, like, she's trying to name movies that she's yeah, seen. And, 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 and naming so and Joan um what's her face as well? Joan Chandler. Yeah. So yeah. Rope is canonically exists in the real world. Yeah, yeah. So all they, the movie stars they mention are real Grant, They're discussing yeah. Good Bergman. Yeah. Um but she can't remember the Errol name Flynn. of any movies that she's yeah, seen yeah, anybody yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> and it's you know it's a, Yeah, but she knows everybody's horoscopes obviously, and she's giving them all reads based yeah. on their horoscopes. And Hitchcock, I love it. It's great. Hitchcock it's funny. Loves so like little nods. Like obviously he has this little cameos in them and he and he has one here too, but like I feel like that cheekiness was helped a little bit of levity with it as well. Like it's not too dour a yeah. film. Um, yeah, and he has a cameo here in a, quite an odd way. It's an odd cameo, like Hitchcock famous for his cameos. Yeah, so it's the silhouette of Alfred Hitchcock Presents, which is this TV show, which is in red neon and in the you background. Know what? I'm going to say it doesn't count. It's not a cameo. Yeah. Where's his face? Yeah. Where's the a face? Photo. A photo would a photo. count. Yeah, that yeah. would count. Yeah. 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 But I would be like, I think I would do like a newspaper gag. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he would be like on the, be front on the front. Yeah. yeah. I think it, I think it's so cute. I think there's somewhere he's just he just explicitly doesn't do one, and I'm like, boo. Whereas this is like <laughs> an attempt was made. You know. Yeah. I remember when M Night Shyamalan tried to do. I think he might still do that. I think he's then, he still does. He was an yeah, old. But then he does. But he, he, he gives him some scenes. Well, yeah. yeah. And in the Lady in the Water, he is like. <laughs> Me. I haven't seen it, but I've heard that uh, he puts himself as like the crucial, like genius element. I mean, we we watched the village. Yeah, yeah. like a the whole village, scene. It's a whole the, section. Yeah, he's old. Like, he's the, he's the, the guy on the hill doing oh, the, the, the camper yes. recording them. Yeah, oh, I remember oh, my eyes no, when he puts it. No, in he's like M Night. Go on, <laughs> Hitchcock on crack. Like pull back. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. I also enjoyed. Uh, the Mrs. Wilson, yes. the housekeeper, yes. who was very flirty. She was with, very fun. She was Jimmy very, Stewart. very interested in Jimmy mm. Stewart. She got him a special pate. She said, "Her pate, pate, And she was very upset about them moving all of the stuff onto the box mm. when she'd set the table in the dining yeah. room. Which fair enough. I, I, I only remembered the two murderers and Jimmy being in the film, so it was quite a nice relief being like, "Oh, oh look, nice. it's, it's a, a whole, whole ensemble." Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And. Um, I quite liked um, Don't Work All the Time, but there was something in just Farley Granger's face when he's, like, racked with nerves. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. so, like, Brechtian. It's, like, so calling attention <laughs> to, like, what it is. But as just, like, an image, yeah. I'm, like, that you... I, I know everything about I you. I felt like I thought both of the main guys, like, performed They were really well. good. Yeah, did yeah. their yeah. sort of... Like, I think, yeah. And as we said, Alfred Hitchcock, pioneer, giving gay roles for gay men. Like, gay roles for gay men. And I guess what you were saying before on whether or not we're rooting for them to succeed or not, I guess is that Farley performance. He is... He is kind of... We've, I definitely feel like we feel like, oh my gosh, no. Yeah, I think yeah, we feel but, empathy for him, but we also like, Brandon is immediately such a dick yeah, <laughs> that we're yeah. like, we want him to fail. So It's like, empathy that he's guilty, but also the subtext of them being lovers or mm. um, Philip wanting yeah. Brandon's love is very empathetic. I think. Yeah. yeah. I do wish that we got some more moments of showing like... Them being that friends. relationship, yeah. yeah, like why? Because mm. I, I, I didn't totally understand why Philip went along with this. Yeah, start, you know, like I yeah. didn't like Brandon. I'm like, of course, he's a psychopath. Like he's built, like eaten every single philosophical idea he's gotten from this professor. And he's, he's, and like, he's like, yeah, I'm be ready to kill somebody for ages. And if I finally kill David, then he's, my, he's my also crumbling from the beginning, Philip. I yeah, think, and like, Philip, like, there's no point where he's the brave. Beginning. There's yeah. no point where like he, yeah, um, you know, even if he just got praised by Brandon, mm. and you could see him going like, oh, but, you know, yeah, like yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I'm, at least I'm doing it for you. We didn't, we'd immediately, he's like on the point of confession. Like. Yeah. yeah. And then it just intensifies yeah. further. Whereas I was like, I because I was like, oh, he's, he's already so guilty. Mm. Maybe he has a moment where he stands up. Like obviously with drama, it's, there's going to be an inversion, but no, it's just like, he's just, just even more and more nervous. I do yeah. love his moments though. There's the moment where he like, it just gets, uh, James, Jimmy Stewart comes back and he's like him and, uh, what's his face? Brandon are going toe to toe, and then you know he's just in the background unraveling more and more, and then Philip just like smashes, <laughs> smashes the, the glass. glass, and the conversation just continues with yeah. no one acknowledging the glass has been smashed, Bizarre. which is very funny to me. Yeah, I think it, then, it, it he does a good performance, but it feels underwritten. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. but this 
Yeah. I think, yeah, I just want a little bit more of, like, what is the psychology of someone who's clearly mm. not psychopathic? Yes. Like, doesn't seem to have, like, the same disregard for human life that the other guy has. Like, but why did he mm. go along with this? Like, what is the sort of thing compelling him to have said yes at the start, even if it's yeah. an immediately now gone into a no? Yeah. And then that I, I becomes wanna, your audience. Because that's much more your, your audience. It's what what if, well, I think like, it's, what if you teamed up with this lover who fucking wants it to It clearly people? is mm. that, but they just didn't have... But I think, I think you can, and yeah. I think you can still play that relationship even without well, it's admiration. curtailing the Hayes yeah. code. You know? Exactly, you could still it's, it's show, like, best friends, admiration, best yeah. friends, whatever. It's like, like the brick Pollitt situation. Like, exactly, in, like, you don't have to do. In, you know, like we're definitely clearly cut in a hot tin roof. Um, but yeah. you could still, yeah, like play like that. He, yeah, wants more than anything cat for Brandon to like him and love him. <laughs> I don't know how Cat in a Hot Tin Roof got away with that because it's, it's so explicit. God, like, Paul Newman is. So, and Elizabeth Taylor is and how he talks about his people ever his mate, like you know, his his mate uh, over the phone. It's like he's clearly in love with him, guys. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I also like that moment where um, he was uh, playing the piano and the metronome. It was so chaotic. Yes, it was yeah. just like it's the interrogation t- scene. It's the mo- probably the most tension filled for me because yeah. it was mm. just like dissonance of the sound and it's like <laughs> yeah yeah <And laughs> it gives you that trying to play along to it yeah, yeah. it gives you that those yeah the the, the, the goose bumps where it, it's just yeah. like i don't like that feeling that's that oral feeling <laughs> yeah there's another tense scene where brandon like is talking with rupert and going like oh yes uh we are superior like we should kill people <laughs> and then the the dad of the of the victim um who is along at this party is like I, I like just deeply like I think we should move on I think that's yeah I think this is a terrible thing to say yeah. like I can't believe I, I, I'm, I hope that you're all joking because like this is yeah. Yeah. absolutely and not and the awkwardness of the party it's like yeah, like you, <laughs> yeah, you felt it. Would it. Be. Yeah, it was so awkward. It was like, yeah, we just we we should be able to kill people. It's like, what the fuck? There's some like there's some problems with the screenplay, but I think there's some aspects of the screenplay that I do like, especially seeing everyone's like past relationships. Yeah. Like that, there's like a like, you know, there's like a quality to like, uh, what's her face? I know for Jenna. Jenna. She's like, I can't land a joke. Like things like that. We're just like, oh, okay, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, it feels it like is, it's just a life happening. And, then, and I also just think, I don't know, maybe we're reading into this, but I think there were a few jokes that were peppered in there, but maybe not <laughs> to kind of like oh, show yeah, yeah. The, the, the the relationship. But, you know, yeah. who knows? There's one that I don't think was intentional, but <laughs> yeah. we all laughed at it, um, yeah. which I'll pull up here. There are some which are just uh, uh, time meanings of words exactly, that change. Yeah. He the and point- Mr. Philip were going at it hammer and tongs. Yeah, yeah. I think she means arguing, <laughs> like, but it was quite... Absolutely. <laughs> but the get, other one was like, I think Brandon says, excuse him, he's tight, <laughs> which meant drunk at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's fun. I also just loved uh, uh, the um, the dress. Of, of Janet. Designed by Adrian. By Adrian. <laughs> the of the critics. Adrian apparently is like a, you know, big designer. Well, yeah. well I mean, Mononym. Mononym. Yeah, Adrian. Dressed by Adrian. And I mean, what a dress. It gave me a little bit of Scarlet O'Hara, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. I thought they were all, we talked about but, the Technicolor, I thought everyone looks the, really The costume blowing. design was really good. I mean, the suits were really good as well. Yeah. And the costume, and just generally as a, as a picture, this was Hitchcock's first yeah. Technicolor film. Um, should we talk about some bananas? Yes. yes. We sort of kind of half talked about yeah. some yeah. bananas I mean, already. like, the big one we talked about was um, the failings of that kind of yeah. uh, investigation. The, the failings of the... So, the firstly, the, the failings of the investigator. Firstly, the investigator 
should be held more kind of responsible <coughs> yeah. for uh, passing on these ideas to these guys in the first place. I mean, sorry, place. the feelings of the, the um, protagonist, but yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, for, for old Jimmy. Um, but also... As, as a murder mystery, or not a mystery, but as a murder plot. As a, yeah, the as, tension of it. Like, <laughs> it's, they are so, so bad. They're so incompetent. Being like, it's they're like, so bad at it. It's like, um, Brandon is so confident He's so in his cocky, he's wandering around he's with like, a murder weapon, he, just like, just swinging it clues. about. Yeah. And then, on the other hand, any slight, maybe, like... Yeah, Diversion. Philip will be bit saying things like, "Oh, I'm time to go to dead now." I mean, I mean, bed. Like, it's just like, <laughs> he, he just crumples. Like he's like, "I think there's something wrong with you." Oh, no, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, he's he's staring at. So Brandon tries to get so, rid of the rope that's the murder to be, weapon. To be fair to it. to be fair to poor Philip, there are some shots where it's like it's clearly just for the viewer to see. Yeah, and then he composes himself. But there are other moments where he does generally. There is there is one time where it was just like. Mrs. Atwater comes in and he like breaks the fucking glass. Yes, yes. And as he crunches it in his hand. Yeah, he's got this bleeding like, hand. Yeah, it's Calm like, down. where's David? And he was like, oh. He's like, no chill. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, like, um. The there's a point where, yeah, Brandon tries to d- get rid of the murder weapon by get- tying some books up that he's giving to <laughs> yeah, David's yeah. father with the rope that they used to strangle it. And Philip's like staring at the rope. Yeah, and he's just and like, Jimmy's like, what what's a- wrong with those books? And he's like, I just don't like the way they've been tied up. And we're like, why did you draw more attention to the rope? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I think that small bottle, like, the filmography, the, the, the camera is able to, like, oh, zip I think the, past yeah, the rope I think it's good, and but, then come back. But the, the uh, logic behind... The screen, the, like, screenplay in that oh I think there's God. just... And I understand it, like, in terms of screenplay-wise, like, you yeah, know, they're trying to give clues to yes, make it obvious. Yes, yes, yes. But, like, it is... And like, also on a stage play... such a poor plan. That, that line wouldn't ha- as hard maybe yeah, yeah maybe i mean like because it's like you know it's much farther away whereas with the cameras right there you, we can see the rope yeah uh yeah whereas uh, there was the hat david's the hat. hat at the oh. end they, they they didn't get rid of david's hat so they were they were like you know like jimmy stewart was leaving and then the, the housekeeper was gonna hand him his like hat but she handed him david's hat which has dk <laughs> his initials and like you know, if it was a sized font, size 150 <laughs> font yeah. inside. And, and, yeah, Jimmy... Like, establishing him in the scene of the yeah. crime. And yeah. Jimmy yeah. Jimmy thinks that he's out, like, with someone else. And, you know, it's all 1940s men would have. He put his hat on the rack at the start when he came in, clearly. They were like, they, it's just so dumb. Like, their plan is so dumb. They uh, move everything from the table to the box. Yeah, to just to <sighs> really, like, I think partially because Brandon is like, haha, it'll just really, that'll get them. Yeah, like, yeah. It'll, like, it'll show how clever we personally, are. Personally, that one's down to arrogance. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah but also it's, I'm like, they... It just in, really draws attention in, in to the box. in his plan, like, the housekeeper will... Um, cleaner tomorrow when the body's not there but yeah. as we saw in the film she starts clearing it away <laughs> as like the party winds down and once she's cleared everything she's put uh, gonna put the the books back in the box yeah um and before she could like open the box he's like oh, no why? stop doing that you should do that tomorrow when you come in yeah which is like why why not like i've got things here this is where yeah. they go I'll it takes them back. literally like, takes two seconds other yeah. other silly instances <laughs> is when jimmy is like explaining like oh maybe you did if you did kill him what you might have done all the way through, Brandon is, like, holding a gun. And he's like, I've been noticing you've been holding this gun in your pocket. <laughs> and he's like, oh, we thought you were just a burglar. Anyway, haha. He's like, oh, we're gonna, I'm going to the country soon, so I, I need to take a gun for protection. Anyway, that's why I have it now in my hand. And then when 
uh, Jimmy pulls out the rope, Philip just completely breaks. (coughs) And is like, what? And Brandon has to be like, he's just having an episode. Don't worry about that. Um... Yeah. yeah, it's they're terrible murderers. They're yeah, not good at hiding their tracks. I wouldn't have minded maybe if Brandon was arrogant, but also Philip just has no chill, and the actor is doing a great job. But this is the thing: it's like I feel like this is maybe the same problem where, like, if Philip wasn't quite as like completely at that strong. level from the start, mm, yeah. then maybe it would be, yeah. he'd start to make mistakes as he got nervous. Yeah. yeah. But if we, yeah, got the sort of sense that he, we understood why he was going along with this in the first place, mm-hmm. that he wasn't on the verge of confession from the very moment that they they kill the guy. Yeah. Like then maybe that would make a bit more sense rather than immediately just basically blurting out. It also. Everything. I mean, obviously the film speaks to like you know, you, the perfect crime doesn't exist, and also you shouldn't be confident in. <laughs> shouldn't be overconfident. It's because, just like the yeah. arrogance, but also when you're giving away that many clues, yeah, it's, I feel it's like on you. if <laughs> I was a psychopathic murderer that was trying to do the perfect crime, watching this would make me go like. Oh well, yeah, of course, because they did a bad job. <laughs> like, yeah. it wouldn't necessarily be uh, everybody will be found out. I don't know if that's the necessarily the message one would take. Mm. Um, yeah. And another banana is like, I think we talked about the instances where the one shot or evoking the one shot kind of works. There are moments where it it does draw attention to itself in a way mm. that it's like, oh, this is like I can see this is all trying to be a kind of piece. Yeah. Or like me, trying to be a one shot and you don't quite know what it's saying. I yeah. Guess. For me I liked like the one part that I did like with the one shot was uh Jimmy Stewart is, who has a character name, but we just have not been Rupert. using it the whole time. Rupert. Um has been is is giving his, you know, Poirot esque like mm. hypothesis mm. of how they might have murdered David and it's like tracking across the ho- the the, the, um, mm. the room, showing mm. like the chair, and then he went over to get the, the drinks. Yeah, the and phantom journey. Of, yeah, the phantom of, journey of where he would have gone. Yeah. And I'm like, I liked that. I, I liked that, that a fun. lot. I thought um, I liked that a it lot. It was good at sort of showing this storytelling without having to do any flashback yeah, or any kind of other that's sort of the cool way of doing it. Thing that really um, sticks out in my mind. As but well. I didn't feel like we needed the entire movie to be in one shot for that no. moment to happen. Mm. Um, and I felt like, yeah, it was just more that it was the filmmakers being clever than it was like actually serving the piece to me like it didn't seem like it really there, added anything i think there could be more interesting ways to use the one shot like breaking mm, the, just, the 180 rule true. like if they do it and you see like just a shocked reaction to someone mm. something like that I there's th- ways to make it more cinematic while doing it time i don't know if the technology is there though, no to like because it's such apparently a huge camera and they had to like have people like pulling these like fake rolling doors mm. back and forward yeah. whereas it's like with stuff like Russian Ark and like those TV examples like Birdman like you know you're able to digitally create it in much smaller cameras yeah. and stuff like another yeah. thing I didn't like oh, yeah. was the background that did not move <laughs> yeah they the had outside, just the exterior like, that I they would say thought. I like the matte painting I, I like the painting I like the painting of the outside but, but they did include smoke in the matte painting that it, was absolutely static just, the entire still, time. Yeah. just like clouds I didn't I didn't mind it I like the idea of tracking across a day oh I liked it like it, it was just really that detail that yeah. really made you like to, like not suspend your disbelief. It's like oh, totally. it's it a, was very theatrical very to the extent. Jarring. It, just, like, it made me. Ha- I'm like I'm in an old movie, baby. <laughs> I, I, I was into it. I, honestly, yeah. I mean, the thing about old movies as well is sometimes they have like pacing issues, and I thought this clipped along pretty well. Yeah, like, it, it's, yeah. it's short, short and it feels like it's love. the right length. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it kind of it's able to tell its story in spite of its kind of gimmick yeah. of yeah. one shot. Um. Oh, I guess a banana, like, I love Jimmy Stewart as an actor. I 
I thought he played his role fine in this. It's not his best no. Hitchcock performance. And also learning that the character in the play is gay, I think there could have been more room for more sexual okay. tension between the headmaster or whatever he's called, the, the teacher Rupert, and oh. this Brandon figure. Like, no. if you have someone that is, like, Cary Grant, like, has, you know, by icon, like, can, like, play that sexual mm. tension, then it's like, this attraction of this and like, I also would buy them love I like, also would buy them falling for Cary Grant a bit more than mm, like than yeah. Jimmy Stewart I'm Jimmy, like I would do yeah. it you know Jimmy just reads as like very straight laced and just straight like he yeah. is like mm. he is like your schoolboy like you know yeah. I feel like there's more work to be done I think this is more problem from probably the original play and the, t- and the script yeah. rather mm. than um yeah, the things like, because like this teacher character is like a new addition, like to the Leopold and Loeb story. Yeah. If we're yeah. talking about it, like, yeah. if it isn't like an equivalent of this is the place where they got mm. all of their ideas from. Yeah, yeah. And so I think they, yeah, that they need to explore that in more depth, like adding that in. Mm. Like I think this is kind of like it's not just like Ooh. that he that he transforms his perspective, but like how did he come to this perspective at the first place? What kind of weird guy mm. has yeah. this perspective? Yeah, to because start we, with? we feel the psychology of the killers quite a lot because it's based on real people. But yeah, this guy is God. this guy it just sort of seems very like it's it, it like the whole very awkward conversation where he's just like, Yes, people that are better than other people should be allowed to kill others and it's sort of in this joking fashion, but it's kind of joking to sort of serious. <sighs> yeah. It's like it's 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 unclear yeah like where this really sort of misanthropic kind of mm-hmm. like sort of tone came from like like why and it doesn't do seem to hold this view? it just really doesn't fit with jimmy stewart the way he's playing the rest of the character oh totally it doesn't make sense at well all. he like, says it, it like a joke like oh you could kill someone and then you get yeah the tickets you want, you want a good front row seat just kill the people in the front and take it i know it's like and it's you, like if you actually subscribe to this ideology yeah, like, it's like it's like, that's a sort of like a dumb like sort of dark joke, but it's like clearly the ideology was enough to actually convince Brandon mm. to take it seriously. Yeah. So and like so you know we're have... actually talking about like Nietzsche, we're talking about like mm. kind of various yeah. philosophical kind of concepts. And he um, doesn't. But he man, doesn't... he is the opposite of a Nietzsche person. <laughs> like nihilism for Jimmy? No, yeah. like. Mm. Yeah. And it's I think it's just maybe it's too dark for him to play. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's yeah. Well, it's, also, it's dangerous for his star image. Like dangerous for his star image. You need to like. He still needs to come out. Being I like, mean, it's also like guy. as a as a writing thing, maybe as well. It's like honestly, how can we make if, us like that character? Because I think they actually we do want him to succeed and investigate. Yeah. And yeah. we, we yeah. I believe him at the end when he's got this big monologue about how like that sort of thinking is wrong. But I can't square that with him being the sort of person that would say that as a joke. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't be, seem like it's a thing he fair, would say. I think his Hitchcock collaborations very much like up in his star image because they're like really dark guys like yeah vertigo the vertigo character is very very obsessive and even the rear window one is in in a way voyeuristic like yeah it progresses it's true it's Um, unpacking it but uh, this it doesn't feel like an effective unpacking no it's not it's not quite there yet um i was just thinking yeah about like you know what if what if leopold and Loeb, you know philip and Brandon was like, you know, Jimmy Stewart, Jimmy Stewart, James Dean and, and Monty Clift or something. That'd be hot. Or, oh, <laughs> okay. Paul, Paul Newman, Paul Newman and Jimmy Dean. I just remember that, that yeah. the, the little audition they had. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's very charismatic. Oh, yeah. One final big banana, I guess, is, um, like, big banana. Sorry. Big old banana. Big is banana. That, um, these, this is queer representation 
like well you know it's subtext but like spike player like and they are like killers and because there's not huge amounts of representation this doesn't bother me that much in some ways I I think it's more of a problem that in the the original play they added the new character they added that's also had this philosophy is also gay in some ways even though we're like oh it'd be fun to have the sexual tension in some ways maybe that would actually be the thing that's problematic if it's like all the gay characters are also all psychopathic versus here where I I don't think it's such a problem for me personally that these two I also it's don't, yeah. it's based on real life and it is like yeah it's more about this folio obsession thing of two guys that yeah are like kind of I guess it's not explicit like this is a Leopold and Loeb thing like yeah. I yeah. didn't know that and it's right. also like the thing right. the thing of their psychopathy wasn't framed because of their queerness it was because of this this ubermensch, ubermensch thing yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um but but I don't know by association or something like it's just yeah, well, not by it, but like you don't see much other representation for a while, so some people may watch that and be like, "Ah, oh, yes." I think that would be yeah more are... of a problem of the time and the time, being like yeah. something which remains. Like Looking a... at it now, it's yeah, yeah. Who would we cast in a remake? Uh, Andrew Garfield, <laughs> of course. Um... Andrew Garfield to me is always my placeholder for a new psycho. I was so mad he wasn't um, Anthony Perkins and Hitchcock. But yeah. probably beneath him, anyways. Oh, maybe it's Andrew Garfield and like Timmy, and Timmy is the oh, two. That's no, they're two no, different. No. They're two different generations. Different generational. Oh, oh yeah. I don't think about. I would. I don't know. I, I don't know any actors. Yeah. I just can't. I I'm could gonna gender it. flip it, and I'm gonna. No, okay. I could do Austin Butler and Timmy. Oh I yeah. I could see it. Oh yeah, and you'd have Austin as the um. Who would you have as who? Either way, really. Yeah. I probably like, would have Timmy as the the, the weaker one. Uh, what you the do bottom. is you do you stage it on Broadway and you do the True West where they're swapping <laughs> oh my God. every other <laughs> night, like Philip so Frankenstein, uh, yep, and John C. Riley. Yeah, is it John C. Riley? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it Anyways. sounds like we're about ready to make a verdict on this. Should we send these killers to jail or let them run free? <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily the <laughs> no. decision we're making. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. That's just bag or bill. Bag or boots. Arg first. Um, I think the I think the merits of this film outweigh its like problems. Like I think the experiment is interesting and it's really it's really cool that Hitchcock puts that like has that in his pocket. He also did this with Lifeboat apparently as well, which was a couple of years earlier mm. about people on a lifeboat. Uh, I haven't seen that one with yet. Tallulah Bankhead. It's a good film. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, it kind of works in spite of the um, this kind of gimmick. Like I don't exactly know what that's kind of serving, but I do think that there is enough kind of tension um, in this film. Like I'm interested in these characters and the like the small social life of the other mm. supporting characters. And yeah, it is kind of tense seeing if they'll get away with it or Jimmy will catch them. Like I always love a detective kind of film, and Jimmy, while not being <laughs> a detective, a yeah, it's, you know, he didn't he, have to be. He just yeah, yeah, he exactly. looks around and he's, he's like, just like hmm, this one guy's they, gone they, missing. They, they were, lots they, of these guys have a lot of motive. They for were like, they he's were just, the he's the only one who could upend our plan um i don't i don't, I don't think, think that's the case i'm used to the that. whole evening being like i loved i'd love to kill people and but also in fact, I, I think i should but also just also, like this david, one guy's not here david like, never comes to the party like yeah. what's your plan like they're yeah. gonna discover that he's missing or <laughs> yeah um but i i enjoyed the psychology and the performances of of these two lead actors like and it's awesome i didn't know that they were both gay themselves um and it's nice to see that you know <laughs> you you get a chance to 
at least nod towards your your sexuality even if you are playing like killers <laughs> so yeah it's a it's a bag for me it's not the best of hitchcock stuff but it's a worthy addition to the canon cool i i agree with you i think on most of this i think it's a yeah it's a mild bag for me mm. i yeah the one one shot stuff i could have done without um yeah i just didn't think that it really did anything except make it more complicated to film for them mm, i think mm. um and oh, apparently jimmy stewart hated the process oh. it was just like, <laughs> like why so, are we doing so it the the cameras than me. You know. um but yeah and it, it did, does i i don't think it feels completely at home in the film as a film this mm. this this piece like i think it is very clearly a play that has just been adapted and so because of that i'm kind of more interested in like the play but mm. i think there's enough here that yeah was was interesting like yeah sort of the concept of it of these killers have killed a guy and they've got to throw a party like i think is really interesting to mm. play with and i thought all the performers were strong to me mm. um even if jimmy stewart was maybe not the perfectly cast um i thought that everybody gave a good performance um and yeah a lot of the the writing itself like the um the sort of dialogue of it was really strong even though there were some parts where i was like <laughs> plot wise i don't know if that totally DK. works for me. um but yeah so i think on the whole it is a it's a, it's tilted towards the bag side yeah. so yeah i think definitely a good addition to 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 kick off you must remember mixed definitely is a mixed film it's not perfect yes um but yeah, I thought this was enjoyable. I think, mm. you know, I clipped along. I was interested in the story. I was interested in the characters. And yeah, it's... um, it, I don't know. Murder mystery just kind of gets me, you know? It's just like, you we know... We love a murder mystery. Plus queer. We love it. Um, Hitchcock said gay rights. No, he didn't. <laughs> he did not. He, but he did not say actors' rights. <laughs> no, he called us cattle. Um, so it is a bag for me. Wow. All right. Nice. First one's in the bag. So the it does bag. hold up. Yeah. yeah we will yeah. remember yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So that's our first foray into You Must Remember Mixed, mm. our first pre-1950 film. Yeah, we look forward to, to make some predictions around what you think another, like, mixed bag around this era or earlier. Well, I mean, the next... Well, maybe you can give some clues. Okay. I mean, the next the next film is a uh, Best Picture winner. Wow. Oh, interesting. Mm. And uh, we'll see what, what qualified as... as the best picture back then and why we think it might have won yeah. possibly um but you know might be a good film might be a bad one who knows yeah we have no clue <laughs> and it's a black and white oh we're, we're Ooh, getting further that, we're getting further we're doing the we're getting further of the wizard of Oz. oh yeah pleasant feeling yes but yeah. here in the present, where can our listeners find us? You can find us on Mixbag Pod and on Mixbag Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Although we don't really use Facebook <laughs> all that much anymore. Just contact us. Yeah. Give yeah. us a hi. Give uh, us a poke. Yeah, poke. <laughs> Man, that's a flashback. Um, yeah, and you can contact us on, on mixbagcontact at gmail.com. We always love having guests um, and comments and thoughts. You can also rate us on Apple Podcasts um, or Podcatcher. Uh, five stars only, please. Um, and let us know your thoughts. Are you enjoying it? Um, do you want any new additions? What is Urken your Gherkin? Um, how are you hmm. at? Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Urken. Okay, Urken. <laughs> All right. And uh, with that, yeah, that's, that's a wrap. wrap.
like those flicks, come get your fix in a podcast called Mixed Bag.